it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to episode number 52 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded myths in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because to us, every player who dons the orange and blue is, in some way or another, unformidable. Just going to jump right into it. Uh, this pod is going to continue a stretch of myths who have been on the team for a very brief amount of time, but have managed to get caught up in very metsy moment or happening or event like Mario Diaz last week and the Bob Murphy they win the damn thing call uh, just little moments that make them footnotes to encourage us to remember memorable events or moments in Mets history and uh, one of the more memorable Mets of recent memory is going to be coming back to City Field this week and is going to pitch against the Mets for the first time in his star-crossed career, the once-upon-a-time Dark Knight of Queens, Mr. Matt Harvey. Now, Matt's career, it's rise and fall and rise and precipitous fall again. Uh, could, could be, I'm sure probably will be sometime, its own book, much less a piddling podcast. Um... But, uh, you know, this will be a little vehicle to talk about Matt Harvey a bit today. I'm going to go see him pitch Wednesday at City Field, which I'm very excited about. Uh, but 
we're going to open closer to the close of Matt Harvey's career, or at least Matt Harvey's Met career, I should say, um, at the in penultimate season, and probably the moment that I remember realizing it wasn't going to end well for Matt Harvey in New York uh, was uh, this man whose entire Met career essentially came about due to Matt Harvey not reporting to work one day in 2017, leading to a suspension, and you know, again, what felt like the beginning of the end of the Matt Harvey era at City Field, minus the sad 2018 coda, uh, the recipient of that start and the uh, you know unfortunate uh, side actor in yet another dramatic moment in Matt Harvey's always dramatic Met career was today's very unformidable Mr. Adam Wilk. Adam Robert Wilk. I didn't know there was a Robert in there. I've, I like him more already. Was born December 9th, 1987 in Anaheim, California. And he grew up uh, in California. And he was drafted by the Detroit Tigers in the 11th round of the 2009 MLB draft out of Cal State Long Beach. Uh, Wilk was kind of, you know, again, unlike a lot of these podcasts, not someone from many moons ago. You probably remember, you may remember him from his one start with the Mets or from your baseball fandom in recent times, but he was your very quintessential soft-tossing, control-style lefty, uh, rarely cracked 90 on the radar gun. Um, scouting report was that, you know, obviously Wilk is not a power pitcher, Use his fastball to hit the corners and rely on his changeup as an out pitch, uh, which combined with a herky-jerky pitching motion throws off batters, is kind of the scouting report I found on him online. Uh, he was known particularly for having excellent control, even in college. Uh, so his, you know, it was a style, obviously, left him not overpowering, uh, but he was very polished and very advanced for a minor leaguer. Uh, which allowed him to kind of dominate in the lower minors and put up, uh, you know, never never big strikeout numbers, but, uh, you know, with his off-speed pitch and deception, uh, some eye-popping areas in the lower minors, and he moved rather quickly through the lower minors in the Tigers system. Uh, Tigers catcher Alex Avila uh, compared his pitching style to that of White Sox starter Mark Burley, which obviously is a style with, you know, less margin for error than, say, Jacob deGrom and, you know, your power pitchers and, you know, someone probably needs time to hone his craft and get opportunities or get lucky or, I don't know, uh, but you know, opportunities that Adam Wilk would be short to come by for Adam Wilk, obviously, and his career would never develop quite like Mark Burley's. But after getting drafted in the summer of 2009, by 2011, uh, Wilk found himself in AAA, where he uh, rose more to the means, had a ERA in the threes, but uh, walked only 14 batters in 102 and two-thirds innings for the Toledo Mudhens. And uh, the Tigers were, of course, very successful in 2011, winning the division, making the playoffs. Uh, but Wilk got called up uh, three times during the year, you know, kind of uh, just to when injuries required a, another arm, 
in, on the roster. Luke would make his Major League debut, appearing in five games for the 2011 Tigers. Uh, he made his Major League debut on May 26th of 2011 and had... Uh, Perhaps the best appearance of his brief and sporadic career. Uh, I'd have to, you know, there were a lot of games. I was looking at all the game logs. But um, at any rate, uh, it was a Tigers-Red Sox, and Tigers starter Max Scherzer, for a rare time, did not have it. Uh, Scherzer gave up five runs in the second inning, in the, bo- the top of the second to the Boston Red Sox, uh, down 5 nothing. Leading off the third, Scherzer surrendered a single to David Ortiz, walked Kevin Euclid, and gave up a two-run triple to Carl Crawford, giving leaving Scherzer with a very un-Scherzer-like two-inning, seven-earned run line score. Wilk would come in for mop-up duty, making his Major League debut, and he stranded Carl Crawford at third, getting a comebacker, a strikeout, and a flyout to retire the side. And he would go three and two-thirds innings in the game, striking out four. Uh, and very unusual for Adam Wilk to strike out more batters than innings pitched at any level of baseball and giving up only an unearned run. Uh, you know, kept, kept the Tigers in the game for a few innings, but the offense did not respond. The pitchers after him did not do well, and the Tigers would lose the game 14-1. to one. Wilkes' other appearances that year were also in mop-up duty and not dramatic, but not as successful. He would pitch 13 and a third innings that year over those five games, allowing eight earned runs, three walks, 10 strikeouts, uh, 5.40 ERA. In 2012, Wilk wouldn't make the team out of spring training, though he had hopes to, but he was kind of the first man up, and in mid-April, Tiger starter Doug Fister went down with an oblique injury, and Wilk got called up to make uh, three starts for the Tigers in April of 2012. Wilk would go 0-3 over those three starts. Uh, the first, uh, His first Major League start, his sixth career Major League game, was probably the best start of his career. He surrendered two solo home runs over five innings, uh, but the Tigers' offense didn't do much, and the Tigers would fall to the White Sox 5-1. to one. Uh, His third start and final one before Fister came off the DL uh, was more of an unfortunate precursor of what his Met experience would be like as he surrendered six runs over two innings in a loss to the Seattle Mariners. Wilk wouldn't make it back to the majors uh, in 2012. He pitched fine in AAA Toledo, you know, again, probably establishing that level of a quad A type pitcher at best. But the Tigers uh, released him after the offseason, and Wilk actually spent 2013 in the KBO uh, before returning to America in 2014, signing with the Pirates organization and spending 2014 in AAA with Pittsburgh, uh, moved to his hometown, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I don't know if they had the of Anaheim designation in 2015, but whatever. Uh, And again, primarily in AAA, but he did get called up and pitched in one major league game with the Angels, uh, again released in the offseason, latched on with Tampa Bay in 2016, did not make the majors, and became a minor league free agent prior to the 2017 offseason when he would come to the attention of our New York Mets. Now entering 2017, the Mets had made postseason appearances in 
back-to-back seasons, uh, 2015 and 2016, for only the second time in franchise history. So there are, of course, some reasons for optimism. Uh, the Mets were hoping to still rely on the young rotation that had driven them to Providence in 2015 to lead the way in 2017. But, you know, there's a lot more wishing and hoping than you'd like by 2017, because the Mets were counting on Matt Harvey to uh, bounce back from thoracic outlets syndrome surgery, which he had, uh, which cut short his 2016 season in July of 2016. And they're also counting on Zach Wheeler to have a smooth and easy bounce back from missing two seasons uh, due to his Tommy John surgery. He didn't pitch at all in 2015 and 2016. So, of course, you know, just saying Harvey, Wheeler, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Mets, uh, yeah, that 2017 rotation is going to lead us to the lead us to the playoffs, sure. But there was a lot more winging a prayer in that than one would hope. Um, and the Mets in that all too familiar to us, Will Pontian way. Uh, we're counting on that current roster to hold up without making many financial upgrades or uh, bolstering the bench and the AAA roster, lest any of those players not bounce back from injury too smoothly. The Mets basically said, you know, thoracic outlet surgery, some guy recovering Tommy John surgery, eh, no need for rotation rotation depth, you know, let's just, just going to put them out there in a situation where there's a high likelihood of injury, assume everything works out. What? What could possibly be the problem? That is to say that it was a quiet, quiet offseason, 2016 into 2017. Uh, the Mets, I, I think they signed, you know, they signed for, they brought back Fernando Salas. They eventually brought back Jerry Blevins, although even that seemed like it was going to be out of the uh, out of the amorphous price range that the Wilpons would give Alderson to work with. Uh, I remember the Mets signing Tom Gorzolani that offseason, and I think I talked myself into being excited about that. So, uh, you know, the Cohen era, it was not. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But on January 12th, 2017, Adam Wilk was added to that list of luminaries. Uh, per MLB.com, when the Mets signed Wilk on January of 2017, the Mets bullpen is lacking a traditional left-handed specialist, so the Mets signed Southpaw Adam Wilk to a minor league contract that includes an invite to spring training. 
29 years old. Wilk is 0-3 with a 6.49 ERA in nine games, three starts, dating back to 2011. The Wilk had primarily been a starter in the minors. The report went on to speculate that he might... Uh, you know, compete for a bullpen role or provide the Mets with rotation depth in the upper minors. And with all due respect to Adam Wilk, that was part of the problem that he seemed to be the, a primary piece of the rotation depth. And in great unfairness to Adam Wilk, his opportunity would come um, at an unexpected time that uh, did not give him a great opportunity to succeed. Wilk did not make the team out of spring training and reported to AAA Las Vegas, where he did not pitch well. Uh, through the early part of the season, he was 2-3 and three with a 5.91 ERA. Granted, Vegas in particular and the Pacific Coast League in general is quite the hitting haven, uh, but still it didn't exactly put Wilk on the radar, and there's probably a good chance Adam Wilk would never have spent any time on the Mets Major League roster, were it not for a quirk of fate and circumstance. Well, Matt Harvey had won his first two starts of the 2017 season, he didn't quite look like himself um, and struggled badly in back-to-back starts against the Braves in late April and early May, giving up uh, six runs in back-to-back starts, uh, making his ERA balloon from 2.84 to 5.14. Um, and even when he was at the 2.84 mark, it was you know clear he wasn't quite the dynamic Harvey of you know previous times, which was understandable coming back from surgery. And while there had always been a lot of drama and Sturm und Drang about Harvey's relationship with the Mets and whatnot, uh, a lot of that suddenly came to a head in early May of 2017. Uh, when the Mets announced that they had suspended Harvey for three days without pay for a violation of club rules. Uh, as always, with it was reported on Saturday that the suspension was a result of, quote, a compilation of issues. But, uh, you know, the, the most clear, or the, the obviously there are a lot of stories, uh, no rats and raccoons, but, uh, you know, uh, the clear story is that Harvey apparently didn't report to City Field for the Saturday game, or he didn't report in time. He said he woke up with a migraine following a golf game, uh, so he was calling late, and the Mets just told him not to report to the stadium, uh, and that they would be suspending him for the three games. Uh, this was Saturday, and he was scheduled to start that Sunday, May 7th, at City Field, so the suspension would cause Harvey to miss his start. Cue Adam Wilk. So while all this drama was going on in and around Flushing, Queens, uh, this caused, tangentially, Adam Wilk to have a long, circuitous journey to the mound in Flushing, a journey that took him across five states over 24 hours. Wilk was not even on the Mets' 40-man roster on May 6th when the Las Vegas 51s traveled from Vegas to Albuquerque, with a stopover in Colorado, uh, minor league travel, en route to New Mexico. Wilk was on the New Mexico playing field, playing catch with his teammates Saturday evening, when obviously the suspension was going down, and Wilk was informed that his contract was being purchased by the Mets, and that he'd need to leave immediately in case the team was going to decide to start him Sunday. 
So Wilk flew from Albuquerque to Los Angeles, was informed during his layover in Los Angeles that he would indeed be starting in New York. So he boarded a red-eye midnight flight to New York from Los Angeles, landed in New York Sunday morning, and went straight to City Field. There are many areas of Wilpon dysfunction and Met dysfunction we could comment on here. The many factors that led to the Mets having a AAA team all the way across the country, uh, the you know poor personal relationships with their stars, with Matt Harvey leading to the suspension. Uh, not that Matt Harvey probably doesn't bear some personal responsibility uh, from what I've gathered from this situation. But pity poor Adam Wilk, who I probably did not pity when I watched the game. And in fact, I remember very vividly, I recapped this game for Mason Avenue, and it was one that I wished I could turn off, but I really could not, because had to write that recap. But here's Adam Wilk, you know, has only had a few major league opportunities and has not had one in several years, and I guess got to sleep a few hours on a red eye before getting a start that may or may not determine his future in baseball, and, you know, did, uh, not to the positive. Um, from what I can gather reading up news on the game, I, th I think a lot of people going to the game didn't even know Matt Harvey was going to pitch. I guess the news came out Saturday night, Sunday morning. Uh, but, so yeah, fun surprise for the 39,000 at City Field on May 7th, 2017 for the 110 start. Uh, Adam Wilk took the hill, and, you know, you could think to yourself, hey, you know, you never know what can happen in baseball. This could turn out well. Um, but it didn't take long to unravel for Adam Wilk in the Mets. Uh, D. Gordon started the game and lined out pretty deep to center. Uh, then the next three batters, uh, Wilk walked Christian Yelich on a 3-2 pitch, gave up a double down the left field line to Marcel Ozuna, and then, as he does all too often to the New York Mets, Giancarlo Stanton put one way out into, I think, the second deck in left field. So four batters into the game, the Mets were down 3 nothing. Uh, so any, any hope that the Mets would overcome the Matt Harvey suspension and, uh, you know, come together as a team and win seemed to fade pretty quickly that day. Wilk struggled in the second, uh, gave up two singles to lead off the game, but uh, managed to get out of that inning, but uh, surrendered another laser of a home run down the left field line to Stanton in the third to make it a 4-0 uh, game. Then in the fourth, uh, he surrendered a leadoff homer to Edini Hechevarria, um, and retired the next two batters before surrendering a double to Christian Yelich off the wall and center uh, before Wilkes' day was mercifully ended, uh, and he uh, was relieved by Paul Seawald uh, with the Mets down 5 nothing. Seawald uncorked a wild pitch to close the book on Wilk. Uh, but the game had long since been closed on the Mets, who had not even recorded a hit to that point in the game. In fact, I really thought they were going to get no hit that game. It just felt like that kind of dull, desultory Mets game. Uh, but Rene Rivera uh, looped one over the third baseman, leading off the bottom of the sixth to break up Jose Urena's uh, no-hitter. 
the game would go pretty quietly from there. The Mets falling 7-0, and yes, that Rene Rivera hit was the Mets' lone hit of the game, allowing me to, of course, quote Bob Uecker in Major League after the game and just look up and be like, one hit? We got one goddamn hit. And I might have been dwelling on that and the long-term repercussions of the drama of Matt Harvey uh, not being the dominant Dark Knight and falling out of favor with the Mets, uh, but for a probably very tired, uh, sleep-deprived Adam Wilk, that was his lone appearance as a New York Met, uh, called up to the Mets on May 7th, started on May 7th, Adam Wilk was designated for assignment on May 8th, ending his brief and unfortunate stint with the Mets. Uh, the Mets claimed they you know, would have liked to keep him, but they had a roster crunch, uh, which probably speaks more to their poor management of the 40-man roster than anything else, I would imagine. And if anything, I feel like among Mets fans, poor Wilk, it's kind of become a something of a shorthand reference for the uh, embarrassing lack of depth, uh, the particularly late-stage post-Madoff Wilpon Mets would trot out on the MLB bench and in the minor leagues. And, you know, just think of how many times already this year Gary Cohen has talked about uh, the Mets bench and how much more, how, how much deeper it is this year with Pilar and VR. And every time he does that, I feel like there's some uh, unconscious low-level shade being thrown at, uh, you know, the previous regime to some extent. And I know uh, Lucchese isn't off to a great start, but, you know, if Jacob deGrom decided to, uh, I know, bad example since he's currently hurt as we're recording this podcast, but, you know, if Jacob deGrom decided to play golf late and sleep in and not report to work one day, you know, there's a chance that Mets could call up Jordan Yamamoto, Lucchese, Sean Reed Foley, um, or other more appealing and cromulent depth options uh, than we had back then. And, and again, I don't want to single out Wilk, and, you know, it's not fair to, and I think he you know, only got the one start. Uh, for sake of comparison, multiple starts in 2017 went to such notables as Tyler Pill, uh, who made three starts and recorded a 5.22 ERA. Chris Flexen, who I know is starting to having a decent year right now, but at the time was barely 22, had little minor league experience in double A, and was forced into nine starts that year to the tune of a 7.88 ERA, and Tommy Malone, who made five starts to an 8.56 ERA in 2017. Um, I feel like, I have to say, it feels like I somehow recapped, like, every one of those pitchers starts, uh, for Amazing Avenue, although I suspect many of my colleagues would feel the same way. But I, I'm sure you could go, I could Google it and find my recap of the Adam Wilk game for sure. 2017 was just a rough year for, if, well, in general, but especially for a franchise known for its pitching. Even the great DeGrom had what might arguably be his worst season as a Met. Granted, that was 15-10, 3.53 RA, and a team-leading 4.6 B-War, but still... Um, aside from Syndergaard, who had only seven starts due to injury, the next best starter ERA was Seth Lugo at 4.71. Uh, the Mets were 14th out of 15 t- NL teams with an ERA over five for the season, pitching half their games at City Field, as they say. And the team that was going to compete with the Cubs, great pitching versus great hitting, see what would dominate the NL for years, 
uh, was back to basically rebuilding. Um, and as I said, I know he lasted another year, but you know, in my mind, uh, this is kind of the end of the Matt Harvey era, or the clear realization that it was about to end, and it was not going to end well, as unfortunately is the case for was the case. I'm gonna I'm gonna optimistically think things are going to start to be different uh, post Wilpon, but uh, as too often the case with great Mets or beloved Mets, that things just don't seem to end as we want. Having said that, I'm looking forward to going to the Mets game Wednesday afternoon. I hope Matt Harvey gets a wonderful hand because uh, he brought a lot of joy into my life and I plan to get up there and stand and applaud wildly. And, you know, then I hope the Mets pound him into oblivion and the offense breaks out and we win 10 nothing. but nonetheless. As for Adam Wilk, who this podcast is, of course, about... Uh, he was, as I said, released uh, and caught on with the Twins, actually, right after uh, right after the Mets released him and pitched a f- three more games with the Twins, uh, two relief appearances, and then his final Major League game on June 17th of 2017. Uh, he made a start, and he got the loss going three and a third innings, giving up six runs, uh, an eerie kind of pre- Eerie kind of bookend to his three and two-thirds innings, six runs, five earned uh, for the Mets a month earlier in May. For his career, Wilk actually never did record a Major League victory. He would 0-5 his 13 Major League appearances. Five of those were starts. Uh, for the His career A was 7.36, and his career war... Uh, for base, according to baseball references, negative 0.8, uh, 40.1 innings pitched in his major league career, 27 strikeouts, uh, 1.909 whip. In that fateful start for the Mets, as I said, Wilk went three and two-thirds innings, surrendered eight hits, six runs, five earned, uh, two walks, one excuse me, one walk, two strikeouts, three home runs. Uh, Not what you want, I know. Wilk spent 2018 in the Indians organization and spent some time in Korea the following year again uh, before retiring from professional baseball. And according to the Twitter, uh, from what I could gather, currently remodels houses. But pressed into service for one day uh, when the dark night of Gotham went AWOL and got suspended especially with Matt Harvey returning to Queens today, uh, this week, makes Adam Wilk, for us, unformidable. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Unformidable. Please go to amazonavenue.com for Mets-related content. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this and all of our amazing pods wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave us a review, at the platform that you use, if possible, it really helps us out. Uh, original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R, and the show is at Unformidable. Thank you, and as always, let's go Mets.